like it when we talk, so tell me everything you want to be. Baby, is it fool's gold, something like a distant diamond ring? Welcome to the third episode of the Handmade Jewelers podcast. Today, I will be interviewing Mark Farrell, co-founder of Buffalo Craft Co., an incredible handmade jewelry shop that works off of all custom pieces. Every single piece he makes is incredible, and he has a very good social media brand and does a great job of providing content that adds value to the viewers. Most of his Instagram videos are how-tos on jewelry technique. Mark is a great jeweler and is gaining traction in the social media jewelry space. Great person to learn from, and I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear some of his knowledge today. So, without any further delay, here's the audio from my interview with Mark Farrell. All right, let's just jump into it. Cool. All right, so how did you get into jewelry and jewelry making? Uh, Well, I had um, gone to college for art education, um, and I was doing ceramics at the time, and ceramics is a design study compared to fine art. And I was looking to change my major and to become a design student. You had to take other design fields. And so a lot of my friends in the ceramics studio were all taking a jewelry class. So I took the class, too, and I never showed up, and I got an A. And my uh, professor asked me how I did that, and I told him I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and it just made sense to me. So I took a couple other classes, wrote some grants, and then... Uh, met my wife who had gone through the same program, but she had gone all the way through the program and gotten a um, BFA in jewelry design. Uh, and she had a company was doing craft shows and I was making jewelry and she, we just got together, made Buffalo craft company, started doing craft shows. She was doing the production end and I was doing the custom end. And that's how we got into it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, you guys have a lot of videos on your, well, it's pretty much all videos on your um, site, and you say you like to show the process of making it. How did you guys get into filming? So we're still figuring out what the filming is all about, and the main thing was um, when I decided that I really wanted to go into doing more of the social media and stuff like that, I had kind of... I had my Instagram account, which is where I'd focus 90% of my focus, which 90% of not a whole lot is not a whole lot. But So I had it for like six years. Um, and around Christmas this last year is when I started – I had like 1,200 followers on Christmas Day. And I had started decide, – you know, I decided that I really wanted to dive in and, and see what I could, could do on that. And I had been talking to a bunch of my friends and everything else like that. And so I started running tests, and I figured out that if I put up a better picture, I got more interaction. And if I did a video at the time, um, I was just using a real basic setup, my iPhone, and like a, a tripod. And I was running tests on doing the you know similar pieces or the same piece, but putting up just a picture with more information and then putting up a video with less information and found out that the videos were really hitting harder, started doing some more research and everything, found out that videos are about 10 times better than uh, just a regular picture. 
and a couple months ago just decided that I wasn't going to post any more snapshots, regular pictures, because they don't do me any good. And so started really diving into the filming and just putting up only videos. And now we're trying to figure out what videos and what in those videos are hitting better, whether it be content or skills or um, the caption on it, stuff like that. So now I'm trying to hone that in and get a more consistent, I'm going to call it a product, a more consistent product as far as the interactions and impressions, comments, stuff like that. I'm trying to consistently grow that so I can make it be uh, more or less dependable and also know what I should be doing and why. So I know it's not really how I got into it. it. I mean, it is, but it was mainly just doing the research and following what works. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you know AmoraCast by chance, the, the Nick components? AmoraCast? No, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's another uh, online jewelry. It's, I was just, I was just talking to her about kind of the similar things and she was saying that her, her videos of like the tutorials were, um, like the skills were hitting the hardest and so that's what she kept doing. Kind of a similar story to you. So I was just wondering. Yeah. yeah. What's the, what's her account? Amora Cast. A-M-O-R-A Cast. C-A-S-T. Okay. I'm looking her up right now. You can keep talking. All right. I'm just going to think of it. So the purpose of this podcast, uh, basically is for like people that have jewelry as a kind of a side hobby that want to mm-hmm. grow it, just kind of giving them a resource to grow it. So yeah. what advice would you have to handmade jewelers that are looking to grow their brand through video? I mean, so that was, uh, one of the questions that, I mean, I can answer it, but it's a little ambiguous in the sense that the brand through video, those last three words are the the kicker. Uh, it's different advice. It's the same, but it's different. So I guess the, the advice for the question of uh, for handmade jewelers that are looking to grow their brand, how would you do that? And the answer is do what you want. I mean, just do, do what you want to do. You know, don't, don't worry about um, every time that I've thought that I, you know, I've got this great idea and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make a boatload of money or I'm going to sell out of this product or it's going to be, you know, it's going to be awesome and it, it's monetarily driven, right? It always sucks. It never, it never works. It's always a kick in the pants. You put in all this time, all this energy, thing that you're going to get this payout. And it doesn't do anything. It just sits. It's garbage, you know. And it's like people, consumers are, are not dumb. They they see. And, like, they see when you care, they care, right? And so the biggest thing is just be be yourself. Be real about what you're doing. And, you know, if you get your jollies from it or you get your rocks off on it or something like that, if you think it's cool – other people will also think it's cool. It might be hard for you to find that audience, but do what you want to do. Because if you're doing what everybody else is doing, everybody else is doing it. It's going to be white noise. That's the coolest part is that by having your own handmade skills and being able to do what you want, you know, it's that's why most people get into this stuff is they see a need that may or may not be a mass appealing need, but they see something. They want, I'll take the most basic of basics, and I don't mean this to any listener that's um, taking this the wrong way, but like a wire wrapper, right? I mean, it takes a lot of skill to be a wire wrapper and do that really well. Um, And the stuff that they produce is amazing. And they can use other things that are cheaper, right? They can use crystals. It's not a cut stone, so they can get crystals for typically cheaper than than a finished cut gemstone. 
pliers and clippers and stuff like that. You don't need to have saw frames and torches and flex shafts, all that other stuff. So a lot of those people that get into that stuff, even rudimentary jewelry making, cold connections, rivets, stuff like that, they have an idea and they see a void in the market, right? If they could buy it, they would. But if they can't and they say, you know, I'd really love something, um, that's the brainchild. You know, so you start there and it, I mean, everybody starts with something to that effect. You know, you're trying to make an indelible mark. You're trying to make a difference. You're trying to set yourself apart. Nobody, nobody says, Hey, you know what sells really well? White t-shirts. You know what I'm going to make? White t-shirts. Like nobody does that. That's, that's ridiculous. So it's hard when the stuff that you're making, if it doesn't catch traction first, so many people stop. Um, and that's that's the biggest that's the biggest mistake of all is that you you stop what you're doing as far as being true to yourself and you start trying to find the money right the difference is is that if you do it and you just do what you want to do people will find you that also like that and then you just you go from there i mean we've never done any marketing at all ever no google adwords no nothing for the first eight years of Buffalo Craft Company being around, it was all Google images. And we just tagged stuff and people would contact us and we ran a complete custom business from putting pictures on a website and, you know, having people find those on specifically Google images. The reason that I say back to the question, the brand by video is hard is because we actually get zero sales from Instagram or Facebook. (laughs) We don't have an end consumer market on those channels as of right now. Um, and it's mainly because the majority of stuff that we're doing are technical videos. You know, 75% of people that follow me are males between the age of 25 and 35. And I'm willing to bet that 90% of the people that follow me are um, other jewelers and they're looking for techniques and educational reasons. So it's, that's why that question is a little bit a little bit tough. Um, I don't actually know how to further your brand as far as an end market selling point is concerned because I haven't done that part yet. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, as far as growing your brand, do what you want. You know, that's the biggest way. Plus, you're going to be a lot happier because if you're doing a whole bunch of stuff that you hate, but you're making money, it doesn't take very long to realize that that's A, not why you started your company, and B, that even if you're making a lot of money, it doesn't necessarily, it's about your happiness, right? Nobody. I mean, people go into business for themselves or whatever or make a product because they want to make money. Yeah, and like that side hustle, you need, you want it to support itself and you want it to take on a life of its own. But let's say it never does, right? It's something like 80% of businesses fail in the first five years. There's a reason for that. It's because people get burnt out, you know? And so if that's the case, if you're going to get burnt out, you should at least get burnt out and love love what's happening, right? Love what you're making because – it's hard to get burnt out if you love what you're doing. And if you're doing your own designs and you're doing your own truth, right, it's going to be a lot more satisfying. Um, and you're not going to care as much if it has to take off. Plus, it's passion, dude. You know, passion is the most important thing in any creative discipline at all. If you don't have the passion, no one else is going to care. If you're not passionate about what you're making, you're white noise. Nobody cares. Be passionate and people will take notice. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've noticed between the people I've interviewed is all of them just show a ton of passion for what they do. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, that's the number one thing that's gotten me as far as it has. And I mean, all the mentors that I have and everything like that, everybody that's ever wanted to help, you know, uh, is because 
it, they all come back and say the same thing. It's, it's your passion. You know, I'm like, why, why do you want to help me? And they're it's, dude, you're just so passionate. You can tell it's genuine, right? And that's the reason that I wanted to do the, this with you is because you reached out and you were genuine. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't bullshit. It was, you know, you wanted to do something and I respect that. So, you know, anything I can do to help, I will. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So not for the podcast, but because you talked about your, you're like trying to find an end user. Um, there's a book I read called Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've, yeah. yeah um, I, obviously I'm nowhere near you on social media, but I think that maybe that'd be a good book if you're looking to try to convert your audience that you give value to into, uh, yeah, into yeah for sure. So, right, now, so I, I just read, I just read, uh, Gary V's, uh, book Crush It. Crush It. Yeah. I love that um, book. Yeah. Good book. And, uh, yeah, dude, super good. I mean, like I said, you know, I had 1,200 followers on Christmas Day, 2018. Mm-hmm. And now I've got over 8,000, and it's, like, just shy of six months later. I mean, I've yeah. gotten 7,000 followers in five months, and it's just because it's kind of that same thing. And I would say don't take that out of the podcast. Tag him in it. <laughs> He'd probably like it. I just finished his other – I just finished Crush It. Yeah. And that's when I like really decided. I think I finished it like last week. And stuff I was already doing, a lot of the stuff I made a lot more sense, and, and some of it made a lot more context. You know, I mean, I've been thinking about conversion and stuff like that for a while. Um, but now it's kind of, you know, hit in in uh, crush it. He's just talking about he's like, just put shit up, dude. Just let it go. Put it up. Yep. Let it yep. do what you want to do. Let it ride and just put it up. And sooner than later. Some like your audience will find you, right? That's the problem is that so many people try to find an audience or they try to find a problem, right? They, they've got an idea for a product and they're trying to find a problem to solve. In business, it's better if your product solves a problem, which jewelry doesn't necessarily. I mean, I know a lot of listeners will probably tell me that that's, you know, BS, but, you know, I mean, there are problems that are solved with jewelry, but I mean, we are, our whole industry is built upon, nobody needs jewelry. You know, it's not, it's not food. It's not water. It's not shelter or clothing. I mean, it's frivolous purchase. It's a awesome frivolous purchase, but you know, it's um, there is problems that you can solve with it, but it's definitely not the same thing. And, and that's that's what a lot of people have problems with. You know, they they look at it and say, I want to make a lot of money. How do I do that? Well, you know, internet's making a lot of money, or this widget's making a lot of money, and they try to hit a, a trend or a, a crest. Problem is, by the time somebody realizes that 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 wave or that crest is something to pay attention to. Everybody that's going to make all their money or that, you know, the people that are going to be making the money on that have already gotten in and gotten out. Like, it's already over. You're you're catching the tail end of it, and it's it's on its way down. So I would say don't, don't focus on what's hot now. You know, focus on finding the next hot thing, right? And, and Gary talks about that, too, about different, you know, platforms and apps and stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of – that's the whole thing is, you know, you're always – Look forward. You don't want to look backward. Backwards behind you. You know, remember it, learn from it, everything else like that. But be be looking forward and be you know sprinting straight forward and just go. Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, you can't get caught up in like that's what he talks about. Like all the people that are trying to just do like cryptocurrency or just random stuff just because the market's hot. It's like you're you're yeah. 100 on. Like those by the time you get into it, it's over. Yeah. So I mean, same thing with like a hot stock. By the time you hear about a hot stock, it's yeah. It's on its yep. way down. Everybody yep. that's made their millions on that one stock has already got it and gotten out. And now you're hearing about it. 
like you're already behind. So that's why it's like if you try to follow trends, it's just not it's not worth it. I mean, you know, we started doing nature inspired stuff way back when and we still do a lot of it, you know, but we built a name for ourselves when it wasn't the hot thing, you know, and now it's like and we kind of fell into that, but you know, it's it's kind of you just kind of go, you know, it's not you put it up and people are interested and there's not a super hot market for it, but you're making money at it. And you just build that up, you know, that's the thing. It's you follow the money and you follow if you're on if you're on uh, social media and stuff like that, you follow what the followers want, right? You you ask them um what they want to see. You ask them to comment. You do all that other stuff. You want you want them to interact with you. And they'll tell you what they want. You know, I mean, that's the cool thing about customers is that they have the money and they want to, they want to spend it, right? Um, you just have to ask them what they want to spend it on. Hey, what do you, what do you want to see? What do you want to do? You know, what, what should I, do you like one, two or three better? You know, make three rings and which one do you like better? And if everybody says that they like this one better, make a couple of other variations of that ring. And if they keep liking them, you're selling them. Don't stop it. You follow the money. You follow what your customers are telling you because as soon as you are, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing with artists is, you know, I love artists. I, I was an artist. I am an artist. But, you know, I had this idea that it was like it was all about me, right? And I had – I want to be true to myself and everything else like that. And that's – it's true. Like, you do have to be true to yourself. You do have to be who you are, right? And and you're going to imprint that upon whatever you make, whatever you touch, whatever you – you know, whatever you're doing. You – that – feeling of you, the way you present it, take a picture of it, do a video of it, caption it, whatever it is, right? It's all going to bleed through and people are going to buy that because of you. But at the same time, you know, you can't be so stringent that it's like, if you make something and nobody likes it, you know, and you keep trying to bring up the same old idea. I mean, there are such things as bad ideas. I know a lot of listeners probably don't want to hear that, but it's true. You know, I mean, I don't hit every time, you know, I mean, 80% and that's great. You know, it's probably not even that much, 75%. Like when I'm designing new work and making it be my own new work, you know, sometimes you make something, you dive into it and you get going on it and you love it and you show it to people and they're like, eh, it's cool. You know, I always end up selling it, but it takes a while sometimes. Um, But you learn from that. You know, the stuff that's flying off your, you can't make fast enough, you keep making it. And then when you get tired of it, you kind of figure out why that was selling and then you morph it into something that you want to do differently. I don't know. Just yeah, that's a really interesting piece of advice. Actually, I like that. What is something that has come unexpected from the success you've had in jewelry? Uh, well, the coolest thing that ever happened was it's how I met my wife. She's two years older than I am, and we both went to the same college. She went through the jewelry program, like I said earlier, uh, and I was an art ed student um, and got out with an art ed degree. Um, when I went to go student teach, I was still in the ceramics discipline, and the ceramics professor at the time would not let me make and fire work because I wasn't paying the studio fee. And I'd asked the um, the uh, jewelry professor if I could go and go into the studio. And he said that I legally couldn't let me do it because I, I wasn't paying for the studio fee. But we had 24-hour access. And he was like, you have majority of the tools that you'd be using. He's like, I, I really don't care. He's like, as long as if somebody comes, like the the campus police would come and check in occasionally, and since I didn't have a card, if I didn't have a card, I had to leave. Okay, fine. So I was, in air quotes, sneaking into the jewelry studio, using the facilities, using my own tools, 
um, when I was student teaching, because when you're student teaching, you're teaching in a classroom. Um, at that point, it was high school and intermediate school and stuff like that. But you were there all day, and it was your class. It was your lesson plans and everything else like that. Um, but I needed a, a creative outlet. Otherwise, I was going to lose my mind, and I knew it. So uh, out of the two, he let me in there, and our a mutual friend of ours was in there as well doing the same thing. And she told me, she was like, oh, my gosh, she's like, I got this girl that you got to meet. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do it. I put it off for three or four months. Um, finally met this girl on a blind date, showed up, uh, and we talked for like an hour. Um, I didn't talk, you know, she liked all the same stuff that I did. I'm a sucker for Christmas movies. And so she likes Christmas movies. She liked real liquor. I asked her what her favorite liquor was, and I was expecting like hypno or something really crazy terrible. She said she liked tequila. I'm a big Irish whiskey and bourbon fan. Um, so, you know, it was freezing that day because we lived in Buffalo. Went out. She said she'd give me a ride back to my my house. Uh, got in her car. I just bought in a five-speed Honda Civic Si. Um, and I, I love love driving my, my manual car. And I got and all my friends. None of my friends know how to drive my, my damn car. It was great. Uh, I got in her Saturn, and she had a five-speed <laughs> And I told her that day, uh, after hanging out with her for a couple hours, I was like, I'm going to marry you. And then I didn't call her for two weeks on bad advice from one of my friends. Went out to dinner two weeks later, and I never left. And that was the, the second date was March 13th. It was a Friday the 13th. We, uh, I proposed November, Friday the 13th, and we got married August, Friday the 13th. So from meeting her to getting married, I think it was just over a year, 15 months maybe. Wow. Um, and that all happened because I was sneaking into the jewelry studio while I was supposed to be not doing that. <laughs> that's, probably the, that's probably the biggest, best thing that has ever come out of jewelry is meeting my wife because I love her to death. Now we've got two kids and one on the way. And, um, you know, I glommed on to her business that became Buffalo Crafts Company. Um, she started, she was the one doing craft shows. I helped her doing craft shows with her business. And it just, I mean, meeting her is really what set me on the trajectory of where I am now and where we're going now. And that all came back to sneaking into the jewelry studio of Buffalo State College at, you know, in 2010. Uh, so yeah, that, that has to be by far the the best, biggest thing that's ever come out of jewelry. I mean, there's numerous, right? I mean, I could go on for days about the stuff that has happened to me because of the jewelry industry. Um, but number one, that was the thing that really made it everything else possible. All the, all the other education that I had moving to Tennessee, starting our company, changing from craft show stuff to primarily bridal to now super high-end work for really big stores down here in Tennessee that are don't do custom, but we, they, we're the only person, we're the only company that they trust to do custom with and for them. They send their customers to us. You know, I mean, it's, it's a big, big thing, but all of that comes back to meeting Kate and, you know, she's the most supportive person um, in my journey, because it's together. I mean, we own the company fifty-fifty, and you know, she's by far the the best thing that's ever come out of my jewelry career is meeting her and being able to find my my real true life partner. That through thick and thin, you know, we're we're together, and that's awesome. So for sure, 
my wife, Kate, is the best thing that ever came out of Kate. Well, yeah, what else What else can you ask for to come out? <laughs> what more can you ask for? <laughs> right? It's, yeah, and it's cool because it was at the very beginning, uh, which is even – I mean, it was like the start, you know. Um, but it really really set me on a on the trajectory that I'm at. Yeah, that's awesome. So what kind of advice would you have for someone who wants to take their jewelry making to the next level? It's kind of a tough question, and the reason is – I mean, it's easy – Right. It's information um, by far as much information as you can possibly get um, and keep an open mind. Uh, there's not a whole lot more to it than that. Um, you know, tools are great. Don't ever underestimate the value of a great tool. Um, and just because somebody showed you one way doesn't mean that there's not another way that's equally as good or better. And, you know, we live in a, a world currently where technology is going so fast and, and it, it takes a little bit of time for it to kind of trickle down to the the craft, right? Jewelry being one of those craft meaning, you know, utilitarian object, or artistic utilitarian objects, right? Ceramicists and uh, woodworkers, jewelers, five uh, people that do clothing is technically a craft as well compared to a fine art like sculpture, painting, or drawing. You know, it's meant to be used. Um, it, it's not necessarily meant to be put up on a, on a wall or under a glass case or anything like that. And so the biggest thing is, I guess, keep an open mind. And if you see something that you think could help you, you have nothing to lose by trying that. Um, and the second thing I would say that also ties into information is education. The stuff that I'm doing now, when I went to college, they teach you it's less about what you're making and how you're making it, but they focus more on the design. And it's not, I'm going to preface this by saying 90% of collegiate college level jewelry programs are not jewelry programs. They are metals programs. And they're actually like metal sculpture programs. Um, it just so happens that it's wearable metal sculptures. Um, and they focus more. They like to talk about jewelry as a, as a thing. Um, and they want to um, have you make jewelry, but they don't give you the skills to actually come out and be a jeweler. Um, so like my wife, who went to school for jewelry uh, and has a four-year degree in jewelry, never learned how to size a ring or re-tip a prong or anything like that. As a result, she got out with a four-year degree, went to a jewelry store, bench tested, and couldn't get a job. And it's because they don't teach you that. It's not about mechanics. It's not about fundamentals. It's not about the trade or how to make money. It's about the design, right? And so coming from that realm where it was like the design, the art, the the, the idea behind it was the main reason that you did it. You know, a lot of professors and college programs have you teach, have you make projects that are cool, but they're not really, they don't really make a whole lot of sense. Like make a piece of jewelry for a part of the body that doesn't normally have jewelry. Listen, We've been around for thousands of years, right? There's a reason that rings and earrings and, you know, stuff like necklaces, those are all still around, right? Nobody makes an armpit piece of jewelry because who the hell is going to wear that thing? I'm not saying now if that's where you're at and you're all conceptual and stuff like that, go for it, man. That stuff is badass. But it's not it's not a, a viable uh, career path in the eyes of a lot of the people that I had gone to college with. I sold out because I'm using diamonds and gold and making bridal jewelry, but I also have an employee and am and, and supporting a family of five and, you know, and, and, and an employee and 
running a business, you know, I mean, it's not, I'm still an artist, but it's different. So, you know, if you want to level up your, your jewelry career, I would say education is, um, number one. And the only way to get information on education is to one, try it and two, keep an open mind, you know, and I would highly recommend, I mean, after I got out of college, um, and after my wife and I got married in 2010, we, ended up, we never took a honeymoon, and I took all of the money that we got from the wedding, and I went to a jewelry trade school for three months, and at the time, it was in Virginia Beach, and now it's in Nashville, Tennessee, right outside Nashville, it's in Arrington, and it's New Approach School for Jewelers, and it's uh, owned and taught, the main teacher is Blaine Lewis. He's one of my best friends. That's actually where I'm sitting right now. My studio is in the school. I have his face tattooed on my leg. I moved from Buffalo, New York to come down and be part of the school. Um it was a huge impact on my life and he literally gave me the tools I needed to make money at being a jeweler because it's a trade school. It's all mechanics. The three month program is worth every single cent. And in my opinion is way underpriced. Um, it's a three year apprenticeship in three months and it teaches you everything you get out being able to get a job anywhere in the country being a jeweler. And that, coupled with the design training that I had and the artistic training that I had, made it so I could do whatever. But, man, you're never done. You're always looking for the next, you know, the next skill, the next thing. I mean, uh, you know, to name drop, Chris Plouffe from Chris Plouffe Designs, Mulcame, um, master of Mulcame here in the States, along with Jim Binion. Um, you know, both of those guys are really good friends of mine. Um, you know, there's Kate Wolf is a wax carver. She's a great friend of mine. Um, you know, you, you, Jason Marshafava is a hand engraving. Uh, he, he was the youngest master gun engraver in the world for years. Now he's, now he's not. Um, but, uh, he's still, he's a phenomenal engraver. And, you know, you just, you, you, if it, if you think that there's, if, if you think it's interesting, you should learn about it. Right. Um, and do whatever it takes. Buy the tools, try it out, take a class, travel and go take a class. I mean, you, you'll you see the return on that stuff if you put it to use. It's all, it makes you better. That's the coolest part about having a craft and having a, being specifically, I mean, I'll say jeweler, but any any craft, any skill, right? It's yours. You have it. It's not somebody else's. What you've collected and combined and put together in your work, nobody else Somebody else can get close to it, but they don't have the same lens that you're seeing all this stuff through. So, you know, it, it goes back to do what you want to do. If you think something looks cool, do it. You know, just go after it and and look for that information. Don't be afraid to pay for the information. I mean, YouTube is great and, and Instagram is great. Facebook's great. All those other channels, all those other groups, jewelers helping jewelers, whatever. You know, it's all good stuff, but, you know, there's something to be said for, if you have some skin in the game and you got some money going, right, and you you put it forward, you're gonna you're gonna value what you're paying for more than what is free. And that's not me saying that. That's just the truth. So if you you know, don't be afraid to invest in your future, right? There's only so far you can get until you got to start putting some money into it, and and that you decide when that happens. You know, but I'll tell you, every single dollar I've spent on my education, on my schooling, on my tools, on my business, on everything, you know, that's all, it's all money well spent. So keep an open mind, get more education, 
you know, check out the classes at New Approach. Keep looking at all those other things and just be open to anything, you know, because you don't know when the next hot thing is going to strike you and you've got this killer idea that nobody else has. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Buffalo Craft Co. Part 1 episode. Next episode will be Part 2. Big thank you to Mark Farrell. I really enjoyed talking to him. He's very passionate about what he does, and he shares some great knowledge with you guys. I really want this podcast to be as helpful of a resource as possible for you guys. So if you have any questions or feedback, comments, I'd love for you guys to comment it below, especially if you're listening on Podbean, and comment a timestamp of a certain time that was really helpful to you. If you guys want to check out some more, check us out at Sulis, S-U-L-I-S, Displays on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Thanks so much again. Hope to see you guys next time.